Hello, I'm Alexia. Let me help you to take the fear out of birth with a mix of real-life positive birth stories and birthing experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing tips to help you get into the fearless mindset. Fear-Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of birth with fear clearance meditations, online fear clearance courses and programmes for overcoming tocophobia. Find out more at fearfreechildbirth.com. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leach, and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, today's episode is brilliant. Now, I know I sound a little bit overly confident when I say that, but it is. It's about the maternal brain uh, and it's also about neuroscience. So uh, very, very interesting. Now, I really wanted to do this episode since I shared an article about the maternal brain and neuroscience around pregnancy, birth and being a new mother. And I shared it on my Facebook page about six months ago and it just went nuts. I think it was shared over 20 times and I'd never seen that on my Facebook page. And there were loads of comments and it was a lot of the comments were from women saying how much this really helped them. So I knew I absolutely had to get somebody on the podcast to talk about it. So I reached out to the lady who was quoted in the article Jodie Pilowski, and she said yes to coming on the podcast. So that is who I've got on the podcast today to talk about the maternal brain. So yeah, don't go far. But first, I've got a couple of things I want to share with you. First of all, I want to say a big shout out to Anita Vandenberg. She's a member of the Fear Free Childbirth Group. But I just want to say a big thank you, Anita, because you've left a lovely review for Fearless Birthing, my book on Amazon. And I just want to give you a public thank you. She said, love this entire book with baby number one. This book wasn't available yet, but I listened to every Fear Free Childbirth podcast by Alexia and used her fear clearance methods before birth. Now with baby number two on the way, this book has been a wonderful tool preparing for this birth. So thank you. She gave it a five stars out of five stars, which I love. All of my reviews are five stars, which is brilliant. So if you if you want to leave a review and it's five stars, brilliant, go for it. Don't want to hear the two ones because it's going to ruin my average. It's going to ruin my average. Anyway, so um, yeah, so thank you to those that are leaving reviews for Fearless Birthing. If you haven't left a review and you've read it and you've enjoyed it, I would really appreciate a review on Amazon because it's the Amazon it's how you get the Amazon rankings to, you know, it helps the book reach more people, basically. So um, thank you if that's something that you want to do to help me. Um, now, the other thing I want to talk about is the webinar that I'm running for birth pros. And this is for birth workers, doulas, midwives, um, birth coaches, birth therapists, anybody that supports families through pregnancy and birth. It's a webinar all about helping women to, help, working with women that have fear, helping them to prepare for birth in a fear-free way. Um, and I'm going to be sharing all the things that I've learned from working with women like this for the last four years. Um, I've been a mindset coach for nearly 10 years, so um, got a reasonably good understanding of, of the whole mindset thing. And I really want to share that with uh, birth professionals so that more women can approach birth fear-free. So if you want to sign up for that webinar, then just come to the Fear Free Childbirth website. There's a big pink banner on the on every page, hopefully, and enables you to sign up. If you can't turn up live, not to worry, there'll be a replay, fingers crossed. Um, but obviously, if you're live, you can ask me questions and we can have a good old chinwag. So um, yeah, so that webinar is coming up on November the 7th. Okay, so back to today's episode. So as I said earlier, it's about the maternal brain. Now, this is such a fascinating topic. 
and I did get I did geek out a little bit talking to Jodie because it is just so interesting. So some of the things we talk about are, you know, the changes happening to the brain, how there's new circuitry coming online. Basically, we're upgrading the system. That's what's happening when we become mothers. It's so fascinating how all this change is linked to hormone levels. And how pregnancy brain, is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Hear, hear what a neuroscientist has got to say on that. Um, we talk about the changes in moods and emotions. Um, we talk about the dad's brain changes as well. But also how some of these changes don't just affect natural parents, but also foster parents. How nuts is that? So basically, uh, there's loads of really interesting, fascinating stuff to really help you and hopefully guide you from an emotional perspective as you go along this pregnancy motherhood journey so that you maybe realize that it's not necessarily you that's experiencing this stuff it's just the changes that are happening to your body and to your brain anyway i don't want to give too much of this away because this is just such a fascinating chat so uh, i'm going to hand over to the time that i spoke with jody peluski all about the maternal brain enjoy hello jody and welcome to the fear free childbirth podcast Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so excited about this conversation that we are going to have. I know we haven't had it yet, but I'm still excited um, because we are going to be talking about the maternal brain and yes. how that affects the pregnant woman and the new mother. And this is just going to be such a great conversation, I can tell. So um, before we start, Jodie, if you can just sort of tell us a little bit about, you know, what do you do? Who do what's your work? What's your line of work? How come you know so much about this stuff and what got you into it? Well, uh, first of all, thanks again for having me. And I'm really, really happy and excited to talk about the maternal brain. I um, I have a PhD in neuroscience and, in fact, have been interested in motherhood and parenting for a long time, even during my undergraduate studies. So, um, And I, for my PhD thesis, I, in fact, looked at motherhood and reproductive experience. So whether you're first time versus a second time mother and how it affects the maternal brain. And more recently, I've been looking at how mental Mental health can be also affected and mental illness and how it affects the neuroplasticity in motherhood as well as affecting offspring outcomes. Uh, so right now I'm a researcher at the University of Rennes 1 in France and I, um, yeah, I'm just a really an advocate for bringing awareness to the changes that occur in the brain during pregnancy and the postpartum period, but I also do research specifically with regards to this area using most often animal models because we have an ease to look in depth at the brain, um, but also doing some, some work uh, with clinical populations as well. So, um, Let's just start from the top then in terms of this. I mean, I'm just thinking about the listeners, my listeners, they're going to be pregnant women. Some of them are going to be women who are planning to be pregnant as well. Um, and I also do get quite a lot of new mums as well that are still listening once they've had their baby. So, you know, just to sort of start from the top, what, what is going on with the maternal brain during pregnancy? Then what, what, what can we, what, what is happening? What do we need to be aware of? Well, I think one thing we do need to be aware of, I mean, we do know during pregnancy and the postpartum period, there's a lot of changes in the body. Obviously, during pregnancy, you have the baby, you're the fetus growing, and, and we see all these changes. But we also need to be aware that there are changes occurring in our brains as well. And these changes in our brain are natural and normal, um, and they're very important for, the, for becoming a new parent. So we know that there's a specific circuitry that comes online or communication between different brain areas that are important for a mom to respond appropriately to her child. 
And so uh, there's a host of different changes during this time uh, of pregnancy in the postpartum period that are linked to changes in hormone levels and other changes in, in your physiology and um, that are occurring th- during this time. So it's a natural process. And of course, uh, sometimes with people that have uh, struggle from depression or anxiety during pregnancy in the postpartum period, it can... Uh, it, it can be linked to changes in these brain areas that are not taking the normal course of action. So basically, the, there's a new system that's coming online, basically, which is going to give us new, is that going to give us new um, sensitivities in terms of communication, like being able to pick up on those cues from babies? Is, is that the kind of thing that this new system is going to help us to do? Yeah, so I think the idea we're getting at is, it's you know, we already have these different areas in the brain that are important for different emotions, such as, um, you know, cognition or memory, uh, um, fear processing, stress regulation. So we have these areas, but it seems that there seems to be, there is a unique uh, circuit that gets that is developing or strengthened during pregnancy in the postpartum period that's specific to responding to the infant. And we need to do more research on this in humans, but we do know from animal models that there are specific areas that are important for um, things like uh, picking up and retrieving your infant, for example, um, certain reward processes come online as a, you know you find your, your child rewarding, uh, you more attentive to the cues of your child and, and, and what what have you and feelings of attachment as well so so the idea is that there is there is a physiological uh, change in your brain that brings the circuitry online that's important for you to become a parent so when that change when those changes are happening like what what would we be experiencing as a human being would, would we notice this happening to us um I'm not sure. I guess some people would be more aware than others. So when I think one thing that women will talk about usually is not what changes positively, but what changes perhaps not as positively or in a negative sense. So, um, you know, people talk about having mummy brain or pregnancy brain where they feel like they're forgetting more is that something i mean i'm sure many of your listeners will experience on this flip coin of that is if you think you have some maybe you're forgetting certain things more uh, but you could be having improvements in other areas that are more geared towards taking care of your child Mm. this is something that's not as well studied but i think when people feel like there's a change they're not often feeling the positive change but there's feeling maybe uh something that's more disruptive. So a cognitive change is often, uh, like memory loss is often uh, one of the ones that comes up. Mm. And I, 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 Does that make sense? It, yeah. it, yes, it does. And I, I, I did, there was an article, I, it was very headline grabby, so there's n- not to say yeah. it's correct, but there was an article recently that said that you know, pregnancy brain isn't a thing. And actually it, it kind of said a little bit what you're saying, which is we're just undergoing changes and we've got more we've got more going on we're aware of more things so it just because we're juggling more in our mind we've got you know we're thinking about pregnancy having becoming a new mum there's lots going on so we're just going to drop certain things because we're not prioritizing them in the same way yeah and I think also your brain is not prioritizing it because it's not necessary yeah Right. So but that I I think I know the article you talked about. And in fact, there is there is quite a bit of research in humans and animal models that during late pregnancy and the early postpartum period, there are often verbal memory deficits in humans and there's uh, spatial memory deficits in animal models. But later on in the postpartum period, there's often improvements. And so I 
I felt it's unfortunate to say that it doesn't exist, um, mommy brain, for example, because many women do acknowledge it does exist. And as soon as you say, oh, no, it doesn't exist and it's just a figment of your imagination or society, then you're you're actually not giving people the opportunity to discuss how they're feeling. That's how I, you know, I thought it was unfortunate. Um, but I, I can tell you that we did a study I was involved in a study where, in fact, pregnant women came into the lab and, and did some tasks, but they also had to go home and uh, phone and do another memory task from home. And when they were in the lab, in a quiet environment doing the task, they did everything great, but they had to do something from home, they didn't do it well. Mm. So I think we also need to really pull on the environment and how that can be a distraction or how that can be another key player in, in these changes when we think about mommy brain, for example. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, these changes that are happening in, in the brain are really important for taking care of your child. And so y you're fine-tuned to the needs of your child. You know, women, it's fascinating because there's studies showing um, that with even just half an hour of touching their child's uh, hand, the, the baby's hand, a mom will recognize their hand. Wow. Like there's there's all these great studies. I came across them um, uh, a few months ago. I was doing some reading that were done probably in the 60s and 70s, but just showing how quickly a mother can be in tune with an infant. And a mother is more attracted to the smell of her own infant than to another one. Wow. And all these things come online really quickly. And I don't think we're aware of them. No, as, some, yeah. As parents, right? We just, it just happens. Like we know, okay, yeah, I love my baby. It's super cute or whatever. But... In fact, there are studies showing like just with a few minutes of touch, they can recognize the touch of their child. And that's amazing. Cause I can't imagine that I would consciously think if I if I was given three hands, for example, and I had to go, oh, yeah, that's mine. I don't know whether consciously I'd be able to do that. But on a subconscious level, that must be yeah. really strong. Yeah. And even the smell. I mean, yeah. the smell really interesting but if I think there was a study they gave um, the onesies of the babies of different babies and the mom could pick up the one that was hers oh really yeah Gosh. no that's so yeah. interesting and when I just cool. going back to what you're saying about what's going on at home and and so I think yeah. also like these changes happening in the brain because we're being we're being prepared for being a carer of other human beings in a way that I guess men aren't they're kind of still on that must go hunt stuff and bring it back to you know feed the family they're probably still wired in that sense um, although I, I do want to ask about whether men, male brains yeah. change, because I think they probably do, don't they? They do. And we need to, yeah, we should talk about that yeah, as well. So well, let's go to that in a bit. But yep. just going back to the kind of when they're at home and, and the women are, are now being primed to be that prime caregiver. And I guess, you know, when, when you hear women going, I'm turning into my mum, I'm now obsessed about the washing, I'm now trying to do this, clean the kitchen. Is that, that must be part of this new brain that we've got which now makes us care more about whether the, the surfaces are clean and whether we've got a safe environment for the babies I mean is that part of what is that the how it shows up for us in day-to-day -day life yeah maybe I mean you know we haven't investigated this in full detail of course we haven't had enough research money to do this and 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 so forth but we definitely as you know it's very normal and natural for a mother when they're caring for their infant to be aware of anything that could cause a problem so of course you're going to be probably more in tune to the environment, in tune to keeping things clean, keeping your child clean. Uh, you know, you know, some germs, of course, are very healthy, but you're in tune to the needs of your environment and your and your your family essentially. Because mm. uh, the idea, like evolutionary perspective, would be that you want your child to survive. Yeah. 
right? So we see this, of course, with, you know, if you have, you know, a cat with kittens or what have you, there, you know, a bear with cubs, we talk about the bear with cubs being, uh, you know, stay away from a mama bear because she's going to be aggressive, but she's protecting her babies, Mm -hmm. right? So we do things and we don't have to be aggressive uh, per se, but we do things to ensure the survival of our offspring. Now, earlier on, you mentioned about the changes happening in the fear processing part of the brain and the emotions. And Mm -hmm. that's a bit that I'm particularly interested in because, as you know, I support women to help them with their fears throughout their pregnancy. One thing I've observed is how fears change throughout pregnancy. They might start by being incredibly positive and happy about how things are going and suddenly the fear kicks in or they might start off being fearful and suddenly, you know, it, it just goes in waves throughout the whole thing. And I'm just interested in how that may kind of be happening in parallel to yes there's like her learning about pregnancy and there's her you know do, doing some of the more practical things but there's, there's going to be stuff happening in the brain so just talk us through what's happening in the brain with regards to fear and and those yeah. anxiety emotions well we know that the the amygdala which is the area of the brain that's important for fear processing i mean it's important for other things as well is is one area that has received some investigation but less with regards to fear specifically in motherhood and anxiety in motherhood and more with regards to postpartum depression okay. unfortunately and i but i have to say when you're talking about fear or anxiety or changes in mood and emotions during pregnancy in the postpartum period, and this is probably something you talk about too, is that there it is very normal to have a range of changes, and that might be surprising. And you know, with regards to all of a sudden you become more aware of and anxious about certain things or fear. You know, you don't you don't want harm to come to your child or to yourself, or you you know you can have also fear of the birth process itself. Right. So there's a lot of different changes that go on. And I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on in the brain because we haven't had the time to do research on this. But we do know the amygdala is sensitive to the changes of pregnancy and postpartum period. And this is an area of the brain that can process our reaction to fear and is important for our emotions. Mm. So but we also know other parts of our brain, like the prefrontal cortex, also change during pregnancy and motherhood. And that's an area that can tell us, hey, hold on. Um, that's not something we need to worry about right now kind of thing. But it's a, it's a matter of trying to find a balance between these these factors. But also, I think it's helpful for people to understand that it is normal to have a range of different feelings and emotions. But it's important also to understand that if it's, it's important to talk about it as well and let people know. So, and, and also, you know, pregnancy is not always a happy time for people. Yeah. And sometimes people think that they should be happy. And I think, no, you don't need to be happy. You, there's a whole bunch of changes going on during this time. So it's okay to feel a range of different emotions as long as you overall feel um, content with the way things are going. Yeah, it seems to me there are lots of moving parts here you've got the kind of yeah the, the conscious mind or the the awake the one the person of you that's kind of going through day-to-day life thinking through the practical aspects of what's changing becoming a mother your body your pregnancy the meetings of the healthcare provider there's all that kind of stuff yeah. that's going on day to day and then behind the scenes you've also got the brain changing so you might have the prefrontal cortex changing at a different pace to the amygdala so there, that's going to be kicking in its own balancing seesaw effect and yeah. so actually there's it's just this big changing thing that you know together could be quite unsettling if you if it happens to line up in the wrong way for you is that would that be fair to say yeah so that's a great way to describe it and I don't think anyone's looked at different areas and how they change across time in relation to each other 
you know, these studies are difficult to do, unfortunately, um, in humans because you use imaging techniques, which which uh, are less uh, likely used during pregnant, pregnancy and what have you. But I think that's a great idea is that there's these changes going on and they could not be happening in synchrony to bring the, out the optimal result. They might have a little bit of dyssynchrony in the circuitry and as you're going through your experience of pregnancy and motherhood. But I think people also need to understand with regards to mental health that mental health is physical health. It's uh, your mind and your body are connected. And we often talk about mental health as being something airy fairy and different, but there is a physical component. So there, so there is a change there. And, um, like one of the authors of one of these papers or the one you, you probably, the most recent one that came out in the Boston Globe, but she talked about if she had only known that her brain was changing, she would have been able to cope better. Mm. Like if she understood it was, there was a physiological component, then she could be like, oh yeah, so something's just being activated right now. I'm like, just, okay, let's breathe and continue yeah. on kind of thing. So yeah, and I think we have to think of, our emotions, of course, it's a bit different than thinking of your heart beating, but there is a physiological component to all these factors. Mm. I know when I was in my second pregnancy, my first trimester was an absolute nightmare. And I think I probably had some prenatal depression going on. Yeah. And I had thoughts and emotions that were just really difficult for me to handle. And this is me as a therapeutic coach. And I had all the tools available to me and nothing was working. And I was yeah. like, why is nothing working? This stuff works. And then I was like, that's because it's not me. And I decided it was my hormones and that it wasn't me. And therefore, I just yeah. had to hold on tight and let it pass and not internalize these emotions, not think it was me you know not it, yeah. it's like that day in the month where we all think you know from a premenstrual cycle perspective where everything is just a nightmare and you know and you just think oh, I'm just going to wake up and tomorrow I'm going to go to bed and come back tomorrow and hopefully it'll be better then and it, and I found that just disconnecting from them and thinking this isn't me I've just happened to be walking through a fog of uh, difficult yeah. emotions made it so much easier for me to cope and I just thought okay I just need to distract myself until I'm through this and then it passed like literally one day the light came on and I was fine and I suspect that maybe there was some maternal brain action going on at that point that maybe it just Definitely. wasn't me is that would that be fair to say yes and you know I've talked to a few people um, that have also told me they experienced panic attacks in early pregnancy that they never had before. And I think, I mean, yes, these are terrible things that you can go through, but there could be and likely is a hormonal component. And so I think there's always a physio physiological basis for some of these things. And to understand that can be helpful mm -hmm. for individuals. Um, and yes, it's always a great technique if you can just let those negative thoughts go, let those uh, you know, try to n not identify with those feelings uh, and let them pass and, and know that one day they will go, you know, they can pass away if you, you can feel you can do that. But it's a difficult, I mean, it's a difficult time for many people. And, and partly is hormone changes. You know, there's people that had a great pregnancy in the postpartum, had postpartum depression. And then the second time around, they thought, okay, I have all my ducks in a row. This isn't going to happen. I, like, I should be fine, whatever. Boom, it happened again. Mm. And then they realized, yeah, there's a huge physiological component. Like, it's not just me. It's not me. It's it's my body doing something I don't want it to do, but it's not because of the stress in my life. And it's not because of – it's just 
something happened. I think it's really important that people understand that this can happen. There can be a, you know, a link between your changes in your, your hormones, for example, and your emotions. But if you need to, yeah, definitely there's resources available to reach out and talk to someone about that as well. So is there any, um, I'm just trying to get a sense of the timings during the pregnancy journey. Like when is, when are these changes happening? And when, I mean, do they, you know, is it like, well, it might happen at some point when you're pregnant or is it, oh, well, this is more likely going to happen in your first trimester. Just for women listening, thinking, oh my goodness, am I entering the phase where my maternal brain's doing stuff? Or am I, you know, is there, is there something just to help people figure it out? Well, there's sometimes an idea that there's a lot of changes happening later in pregnancy, um, especially because this is when you're you're probably nesting more. Okay. For example, uh, but there are changes from pregnancy to the postpartum and beyond, and some of these changes can be lasting as well, which uh, can be quite interesting. And you know, they can change the first time motherhood can be different than the second time, and so forth. But I don't know if we know exactly time points where, okay, you can expect that this would be increased in size here and this is going to change here, what have you. We're not at that level yet. And I would anticipate during when you have these changes in hormones across pregnancy and the postpartum period, as your hormones are changing, you're also going to see changes in in the brain as well. And postpartum, you know, with partrition, we see a huge drop in hormones. So there's a, many women will talk about feeling uh, changes during that time, well, emotional changes, which are a reflection of changes in the brain from pregnancy to the postpartum period, because it's a huge change in your, your basic physiology during that time. And of course, you also have a baby, right? Yeah, right. And no sleep. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a whole other component happening. So not only do you have, yeah, this baby came out of you, your hormones all dropped now. So all those high levels of hormones are much lower. Um, you also have this baby you're trying to figure out breastfeeding or whatever feeding schedule sleeping everything so uh there's a lot of components yeah. changing is there anything that we can do then to support the brain changes like i don't know if there's anything that you can kind of you know are there any i don't know whether there's supplements or i don't know exercise is there anything we can do yeah. to kind of help the body do that so that we're not fighting it we're kind of going with it and maybe making it more in sync because i suspect that that nature is so beautifully designed nature knows what it's doing and if nature yeah. is given the best chance it will make it in sync and it will make it as positive an experience for the woman as possible it's when things are out of sync and out of kilter that that that, that, that it all starts that getting some friction i would imagine yes so yeah. okay so what could we do then to support the brain so we know that things that are good for a healthy pregnancy for your healthy body is they're good for your brain so moderate exercise a healthy diet these are really good things minimizing the stress in your life uh having social support having health care providers that that you are confident in being prepared as much as you can for the change i mean sometimes you can prepare and it's totally different than what you expected but that's okay i don't think there's anything specifically but you know there's an idea also with coming out now that taking probiotics, for example, can be very helpful for postpartum depression, at least mild to moderate postpartum depression and anxiety. So adding some probiotics in might be healthy, uh, but you can also get it, you know, if you diversify your diet, that can be quite healthy as well and help your your microbiotic health, which is linked to your, your brain. 
I think the key thing is if you're feeling you're having emotional difficulties and they're persisting, you really need to speak with someone. So speak mm-hmm. with your physician and speak with, uh, if you can speak with a counselor, a psychologist, there's many, many, uh, or, or even a group therapy. We know that all these factors can be very health, helpful. So it's something to, to definitely be proactive about because that will help uh, you to learn skills to maintain your mental and physical health. Mm. Now you talked about um, different pregnancies. I, maybe you did. I don't know, but I'm just wondering if the paternal. You said it that the brain changes and those changes are ongoing. Is there? Yes. You know, if you're having baby number two, are you are you kind of your new system is online already? So you're not really yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. any changes, or, or is there going to be more? They're like, oh, hang on, we need to bring the next level up. So there's two kids to deal with, or like, is there is does do those changes keep happening with each pregnancy? I, yeah, I think we don't know the answer to those questions, but we do know that it seems the first time is the biggest change. And then you kind of have the circuitry in place. And then the second time, it's maybe uh, it's already there. The changes in your brain aren't as, as significant, but they are still changing. You're still, uh, you know, you're still becoming a mom, even though it's the second time you have the circuitry online. But the first time the circuitry is being set up, and being built up to connect with, you know, amongst itself. This is the idea anyway. We know more from rodent models than we know from human mothers. But the second time, you don't see those changes as significantly. But, of course, you already have set up the circuitry. Yeah, this seems like there's this new circuitry coming online and then it kind of is it just coming through in like in stages I'm just wondering whether the some of it gets put in while you're pregnant and then you said there's more happening postpartum so does that is that kind of a long like how what kind of time frame are we talking about in terms of this new circuitry coming online do we know how long that goes on for? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think it's always, you know, your brain throughout your life is very plastic. Mm. So I think the the plasticity in a parental brain during uh, the early postpartum, it's really quite plastic. Probably late pregnancy is becoming more plastic. Postpartum, you definitely have more um, stimulation because you do have the infant to care for. And because it requires, this child requires a lot more parenting during that time there's i'm guessing there's more plasticity perhaps in the in the maternal brain at that period but as you parent i mean you're going to be guiding your children uh for well possibly the rest of their lives to some degree and also learning from you from them i think that there's always going to be some plasticity mm. and I, I also want to note here that you don't have to be a biological parent to see a change in the brain there is some work done i uh, have to i'd have to there's one researcher one paper that we could find looking at the brain of foster parents oh. and mothers. yeah and some changes going on there also we know that even people who are caregivers can have not the same circuitry as a maternal circuitry but of course there's a special caregiving network that um you know that we believe or at least some of us believe come online in response to caring for people in general yeah but there is a unique relationship between a mother and a child or a father uh and a and a child that's uh, because you know you're interacting with the child on a regular basis Mm. that that makes your you know probably changes your brain and you're more plastic during those interactions so let's talk about dads then what about what changes are happening with dad over this period that we know about yeah so 
Uh, we do know that there are a number of changes that are happening uh, in the, the brains of fathers. They're not as uh, the, to the same extent as those of mothers, uh, but they are happening. They, of course, you know, what's interesting is fathers, they don't have the huge hormone changes during pregnancy in the postpartum period, of course, like a, like a woman does. But they do, there is some research showing that they do have some hormone changes as well particularly if they've been involved with a pregnancy and postpartum. So they, there is a change in their whole physio physiology. And more and more people are, are talking about men's, uh, father's mental health as well, um, and fatherhood changing the brain, and also fathers uh, experiencing uh, struggles during this time uh, with anxiety and depression, which is becoming more talked about. Yeah. So it's not just moms, mm. it's dads too. But I also think, as a mother of two children, that as women, we also can really benefit from our partner's help. So we have to make conscious decisions to give the child, leave the children with your partner, go out for the evening because dads are very capable of taking care of children, just like moms. And, and that can also help maybe their brains change in a positive way too. Mm. And I'm thinking one, you know, one thing that's really encouraged, certainly when the babies are born is skin to skin. And like, you know, mm -hmm. just hearing what you're talking earlier about mothers recognizing their skin I would imagine that you know to really kind of solidify that connection and kick in that that change in the men is to really get them really involved and so they have a lot of that skin to skin they're heavily involved in the feeding and the nappy yeah. you know all that stuff is really going to really support those changes I would imagine is that is that a fair assumption yeah, that's a fair assumption. Skin to skin is amazing. There's, uh, I have a colleague of mine does some work in animal models. In fact, he's done some work on skin to skin um, in animal models showing that it does change the brain of the mother. Uh, and it's important just the touch, not necessarily the breastfeeding, um, but the touch itself is super important for mm. both the mom and the baby. So I think that that's also important because I know that breastfeeding can be a struggle for a number of individuals. It doesn't work for some, it's totally fine, but you can do skin to skin and then you're, everybody's gonna get the benefits as well, so. Mm -hmm. And just talking about the uh, some of the changes as well, how, you know, just going back to mummy brain or, or whether indeed, um, you know, some of those changes happening and how you mentioned earlier how the, the women notice the negative effects, but they might yeah. not be noticing the positive effects. And, and I couldn't help thinking when you said that that maybe that's to do with just change you know people yes. don't like change um, yes. and so the minute something changes and they they can't do something they used to be able to do as well they, they miss that rather than oh they, they haven't figured out they've got this new this new circuitry this new skill this new competence because baby's not there for us to to highlight it to us so um and and so could that be what's going on actually they're just kind of noticing the differences and it's that that's negative not the change itself yeah yeah so i think it's the differences i hate to talk about it as noticing the negative things but it's the differences but i will bring up as we're talking about this there's some often women have better visual acuity when they're pregnant they have better sense of smell as yeah, well yeah and i think many of us notice this even with our monthly cycle um so there are changes that can be yeah there are definitely enhancements during this time we just sometimes aren't as in tune with them now one thing that i really i'm really curious about is creativity because um, i'm i'm sure i mean I, when i was pregnant and also postpartum i just hit massive levels of creativity and productivity and 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 I and I've had this. I've heard this a lot with other women that have gone through this. They suddenly, they're just this creation that their body's just gone through. It, it, the creativity doesn't end there. It kind of ideas take form, and they really there's a lot more going on. And I'm just wondering, it, can that be explained with some of the maternal changes going on? That that kind of creation pattern. You go, oh look, I've 
got the creation thing now, I'm going to start applying it in other areas of my life. Like, is that something that we can see within the brain? Oh, I, that's an interesting question. I don't know if anyone's looked at that at all. Um, but enhanced creativity. Well, you know, you could take out a, maybe um, take it from a perspective that often women during pregnancy in the uh, postpartum period are less stressful. So perhaps they have feel less worries about their everyday life. Not everybody, but some of them will say, ah, I just felt so calm and great. And it, it's allowing for more create, creative processes. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, we don't know the link between so many things having to do with pregnancy and motherhood that there's so many questions that need to be answered. Yeah. But I think it's great that people are also in tune with these changes um, and can say, hey, this is super great because I'm feeling really creative right now. And I just going to, you know, I don't know if it's linked to the pregnancy or just, the, you know, whatever it's linked to. I'm super happy with it and going with it. Like, I think it's important to indulge yourself when you feel the desire to do things to let yourself be creative and explore your emotions and and explore these changes in a positive way. So for those that I'm just wondering if there is any um, for the I, I might have got a question around women that have tocophobia. So these are women that have an extreme fear of birth and pregnancy and yeah, some of them okay. it's so extreme that they can't even contemplate pregnancy. So okay. um, but I'm just you know we've talked a lot about how there can be such, such, the physiological aspect of mental health yeah. and and with some of these women the anxiety is so severe that it is constant um panic attacks or there could be very lots of depression there and I'm just wondering even though that might not be the maternal brain going is there anything that for those women listening that might have very high levels of anxiety whether you can talk a little bit more about maybe what's going on physiologically or what what yeah, Give them something so, that they can, I don't know, to help them. <laughs> yeah, so I do a lot of research on, on mental illness, depression, and anxiety, and, and medication use to treat these disorders as well, trying to understand how they work in the moms as well as in offspring outcomes. Because there's a lot of people trying to figure out how to effectively and safely provide options for treatment for women who are struggling with, uh, you know, high levels of anxiety and depression. Yeah, so we know that, and unfortunately, anxiety during pregnancy and the postpartum is much less talked about and studied than it should be, but about 15% of women during pregnancy will have a high clinical levels of anxiety. Um, <clears throat> and we think that these, and approximately the same uh, with with depression, and often they're, they're comorbid, so they are occurring at the same time. There's an idea that these changes are linked to changes in, in the brain, in the maternal circuitry or other areas that are important for motherhood, but also areas that are we know that are, play an important role in stress regulation um, and other aspects of, of mental health. So there is a physiological component. I think, so what was more of your question? Sorry, can well, we- Well, I just wondered this? if with, with those that have got high levels, I was, I was particularly thinking about like, the tocophobia. Yeah, women. yeah, the fear of childbirth. Yeah, and whether there is, I, 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 I was a bit vague with my question, so it's not your fault, it's entirely yeah. my fault. But I just, uh, you know, just for those that do experience, some of them end up being pregnant or they discover, like as I did, I discovered that I had tocophobia when I was pregnant. I didn't have okay. the high, high levels of anxiety that I know exist out there. But nevertheless, that can be such a difficult time for women where they're, they're kind of trapped within the pregnancy and, and the so, panic attacks can be so unbearable, you know, that what, yeah, what can so, they do? So I think there's a couple issues here. And I, I think one is we do not educate women enough about the process of birth. Mm. Uh, and we're not aware enough about the natural physiological process that birth is. 
So this is number one, I, I think, which is unfortunate. So we, we need to really educate ourselves about this, but it doesn't mean just because you know what's going to happen that it makes it any less uh, terrifying for some. So, but I think it's important to understand that it is a physiological process and there are options for preventing the pain, for example, and, and what have you, you know, we, we've moved forward in that. The problem is you can rationalize as much as you want that you know that it's going to be okay and you still feel super anxious and having panic attacks and this happens. So in those cases, you know, there's different types of therapies that are, that are available. It's important to talk to other people to understand how to to deal with your uh, how you're feeling understand some processes but you really have to search out different ways to manage your emotions and of course there's medication that can be really really helpful and i know people don't want to take medication during when they're pregnant and postpartum but i always like to remind individuals that having high levels of anxiety or depression when you're pregnant can be potentially just as detrimental or even worse than taking a medication that is going to be effective in in providing you with mental health. So we know that if the medication works, then everybody's going to be more benefited. Like it's going to be beneficial for everybody in the long run. So I think this is really an important thing uh, that if the medication is working to alleviate anxiety or depression and panic attacks, that is the goal. If the medication is not working, then something needs to change. You need to try a different one. But medication as well combined with psychotherapy, uh, counseling, group therapy, whatever you, you is working for you, that's the best option. Medication also should be one of those last resorts or should be a complement to already things that you're, you're doing to try to maintain your mental health. But you have to realize, I mean, we know that not everybody enjoys being pregnant and and giving birth and the the postpartum experience. So you have to find what works for you to maintain your mental health in the best way you know how. So let's just, um, I'm conscious we've been chatting for ages now, but I do want to have a quick chat about postpartum depression or yeah. postnatal, the postnatal blues or that, that period that, that is, you know, that, that fourth trimester. And, yeah. and, you know, if you could just talk a little bit more about maybe what's happening with the brain at that point and, and whether that can shed any light or give any source of guidance to those that are going through that to know what to expect and how that might play out and affect them in that during that period so they can kind of look out for it and think, oh, it's not me, it's just this brain thing that's changing. Yeah, yeah, so we do know, and unfortunately we need much more research with regards to anxiety, but we do know that with postpartum depression there are some changes in this maternal circuitry uh, or changes in the areas of the brain that are important also for your maternal circuitry that uh, are evident with postpartum depression. So your, your amygdala, the connectivity of the amygdala, for example, to other areas of the brain, it's not uh, in this, working in the same way as if you don't have postpartum depression. We also know that that activation, for example, of the amygdala in response to a picture of your child versus another child is quite different if you suffer from depression during the postpartum period. So we know that there are physiological components that are linked with um, symptoms of postpartum depression. So, you know, definitely there there is a uh, neural network that's being disrupted with this prolonged uh, depression during the postpartum period. And it likely is occurring 
and also during the the prepartum period or during pregnancy if you're suffering from depression it just hasn't been studied yet mm. so there definitely I always think you know with mental illness or problems with mental health there is always a physiological component but it doesn't mean that you can't change that component by learning how to change the way you think or respond to thought patterns by taking medication by exercising yoga massage there's a whole bunch of things you can do to help regulate your neural circuitry essentially yeah so what i'm hearing is it's, it's basically an, this this huge interconnected system and our mind our emotions of yeah. physiology the brain the body it is all so connected so if there's one bit that isn't working you can go to the other systems to try and you yeah, know, to get try it to, to regulate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, yep. yeah, this is something I talk about all the time where, you know, if you can't, if you're feeling strong physically and you want to exercise is going to do it for you, then use exercise to give the strength to tackle the emotional stuff. And if, yeah, definitely. whereas the emotional stuff can feed into the exercise. And, and so actually when we think about that, we just need to think that the brain is part of that too. And we can start yes. affecting the brain too. Yeah, so, you know, what you eat affects your brain. There's a huge number of connections between your, your gut and your intestine and your brain. Exercise totally affects the brain. You know, we know yoga can be good for brain, meditation, uh, social support, touch. Mm. Like skin to skin can change your brain circuitry. Mm. So these are all things things that are good for your physical health are good for your brain because your brain is part of your body it's yeah. also physical health yeah and we talked about plasticity earlier and I was conscious we didn't kind yeah. of explain what plasticity Sorry. is um just because I, I I'm kind of familiar with it so just because I just want to ask you about plasticity but before we do could you just explain it to those that don't know what plasticity and neuroplasticity yeah so we talk about neuroplasticity because we know that throughout our lives our brains can uh how do I explain this uh our brains can change essentially so it, it we know that neurons are plastic. They're changing shape, changing connections. We're getting new neurons, even in adulthood in some areas of our brains. So there's a lot of changes that can continually go on throughout our lifespan. So we think about, I think we often think about children as being very plastic and neuroplastic and what have you, because of course they are learning a lot early on in life, but throughout adulthood, we still are changing and our brains can still change essentially mm. we can we have new neurons we have different connections we can change those connections by you know exercise can change connections uh, changing your diet can change connections uh all sorts of different factors can change the connections within your brain mm. so that's that idea behind the plasticity okay so when we're thinking about changing the brain and, and over what kind of time frame could we can we reasonably expect to see kind of changes if we were to kind of let's say start exercising or start doing some of those let's call them yeah. intervention things to maybe yeah, kind yeah. of deliberately want to do that what kind of time frame could we be talking about in terms of plasticity well, how quickly does it yeah, take to change so i can tell you that if you go do some exercise uh you often feel really good immediately after mm. right so that's already changing your brain because it's yeah. changing how you feel um, sometimes changing your diet, for example, could take a little bit longer, but then you can feel the benefits of eating less sugar, for example, or however you're going to change your, your diet to be more balanced and healthy. Uh, but yeah, we definitely know these changes can happen fairly quickly. Mm. And exercise is a great example of this. Yeah. So in terms of things like Oh, I also read an article where uh, women who had participated in a special parenting class and taken only a few sessions of parenting class, in fact, changed their uh, neurobiology wow. after they had scans. So, so we, ch I, I believe that we're changing. We can change 
fairly quickly with depending on what we're doing, exercise, education, uh, diet change, these are all helpful. When we talk about medications, often they take a little bit longer, three to six weeks. Right. So that's the other thing um, to note. And, and often that's why I said it's, it's that those are, you know, talk to your phys- physician or a specialist if that's something that's yeah. necessary, but it needs to be combined with other mm. other other therapies. And I think that knowing that about plasticity, for those that maybe feel that they are stuck, they, that that's who they are, they can't change, this is who I am, that, that, you know, that kind of narrative that some people yeah. have. And actually what we're saying is, well, no, you can change. And if you make a decision to change, you can change pretty quickly, actually, because the the yeah. brain will the brain can adapt very quickly, and you can change how you think, change how you feel, change how you respond, but you simply need to start the thing that is going to trigger that change. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, it's easier said than done. So often, you know, you can feel really great after doing twenty minutes of exercise, but tomorrow it's going to be really difficult to do those twenty minutes yeah. again. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so it's baby steps. Yeah. Um, and. I think the best way to change is to make small changes that in the long run will make a big difference. Mm-hmm. So don't cut out sugar today. You know, just be like, okay, so today I'm going to try not to put sugar in my coffee or something, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I can stick with that f- forever. Yeah. Um, but make small adjustments that are attainable. And yeah, and but you can rapidly change your your physiology and your body and how you feel with with some simple changes. But for other people, I do know I want there's a caveat obviously to this because there are people who tried have tried absolutely everything and still struggle with panic attacks, anxiety, depression, you name it. Mm-hmm. And so in those cases, then it's time to seek out, of course, professional help and probably should be sought out earlier rather than later and explore other other options as well brilliant well I, I'm, I'm going to try and wrap it up now Jodie because we oh, could yeah. I think we could I talk we forever could keep talking. I know <laughs> you know and I like your thought patterns because it's making me think about all these different things we need to think about and it, yeah anyway we should wrap it up but I want to say unfortunately <laughs> that we need to know more about pregnancy and the postpartum period and how it affects moms and this is something that you know we need to be aware not we don't have all the answers as researchers and we need to spend more time finding the answers as well yeah yeah no well this has been fascinating Jodie I've absolutely loved it and um, I'm sure there's going to be lots of um, listeners who just really enjoyed listening to you today and and also I um, I think maybe it might have a lot of guys listening because it's mainly women that listen to the podcast understandably but maybe yeah. some of the guys might might listen to this too and, and and maybe have a better understanding of what's going on with the lady that's carrying their baby so yeah um, <laughs> I think that's also really helpful yeah. partners are really can play a really significant role so moms use your partners and partners step in yeah yeah no, yeah yeah I always say this that a man or partner can do anything I could do as a mother except for breastfeed but he could give a bottle yeah. so I don't think there's anything a dad can't do that a mother can so it's important to remember that absolutely well Jodie it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um yeah if anybody wants to find out more about your work your incredible work and what you're up to is there anywhere they can find you online yeah, so I'm on Twitter at okay. Jody Paluski. Uh, I'm also have uh, a webpage Jody Okay. Uh, and I also am active in the Parental Brain Network, and it's a group of mainly scientists and some healthcare prof- professionals that study the parental brain. So you can follow us 
It's at Parental Brain on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook page where we try to share articles. And we're just starting this, but it's Parental Brain. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, we're fab. trying to, to move it forward. But I, uh, we just started this. I started it a couple weeks ago. And every three years we have meetings where uh, researchers that do research on the parental brain get together. And we, we have uh, a two or three day meeting. So we, we do this every three years. Oh, stay up to date yeah excellent so if anybody wants to check out more of this kind of stuff then the parental brain facebook yeah. group sounds like the place to be yes. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. brilliant okay well thanks once again julie for coming on the show it's been brilliant thank you hello you've just been listening to me alexia leachman on the fear free childbirth podcast now this is just a wee reminder that if you're looking for more help support and guidance on your fear free journey to motherhood then visit fearfreechildbirth.com where you can find fear clearance meditations, online birth prep courses, training for birth professionals, a membership community and programmes for overcoming tocophobia. Until next time, bye for now.